You're listening to the Independent Mom Podcast, the podcast that shows you how to own your finances, reimagine your motherhood, and live a wealthy life with or without a partner. And I'm your host, Arielle Dean. All right, let's dive in. Hey, Independent Mom, welcome back. Today's podcast is a little bit different. Um, What started as a podcast interview with one of my clients, Ashley P., quickly turned into more of a coaching session. But I thought it was really interesting, some of what Ashley brought up about some of the real tensions we all face when in the journey to becoming an independent mom. And so I thought it would be really helpful to share the conversation. And I love Ashley's transparency and how she really talks about the tension of balancing meeting your financial goals while still having more joy and peace in your life as a mom. So I can't wait to dive in and I hope you enjoy it. But first, I want to give you a little bit of background on my guest. So Ashley is a mom of two and a full-time professional in corporate America. After facing a divorce and hitting her financial rock bottom, it was her relationship with God, hard work, and a decision to show up as her full authentic self at work that led her to multiple promotions and more than doubling her income. While she has also paid off thousands of dollars in debt and increased her credit score by more than 100 points, all while navigating separation, divorce, and full-time motherhood. She is now working to define a financial philosophy that aligns more with her values and the life that she wants for herself and her children where they are right now. This independent mom is the director of service experience during her day job, but her personal charter is to orchestrate her life with intention and to encourage others to do the same. Ashley and I met while participating in a mastermind, mini mind program together and instantly connected. And I knew I wanted to share her story and work with her more. So I'm excited to jump in and start the show. Let's go. Hello, Ashley. Thank you so much for joining me today on the Independent Mom podcast. I am super excited to jump into this conversation with you. I've talked a little bit about sort of what you do today, but I think it's always super interesting to understand a little bit of the money journey and where you started. So I'd love to know if you could just walk me through and walk us through what made you decide to get serious about your money and what that money story looks like? All right. So first, thank you so much for having me. And I would like to go back a little bit. So growing up, my perception of money, my whole money foundation, the two things that I learned were that you always pay your bills on time. And then the other thing that I learned was that when things are tough, when times are tough, or you're in emotional distress, you deserve to treat yourself. And so I go off to college with no other money understanding. And I kind of had a rude awakening because there are a lot (laughs) of stressors out there. Yeah, yeah. So I deserve to treat myself quite a bit. (laughs) (laughs) And so I would just kind of, you know, have those impulse purchases and then I would just wonder where all my money went and I would have to figure out the essentials on the back end sometimes. And so 
Then I get married, carry those same practices with me, bless my heart. You know, I only knew what I knew. Mm-hmm. And he was a little bit better with money than I was, but things were very tight. Um, one year into our marriage, we uh, we decided to have our first child. And less than three years later, we had a second child. And, mm-hmm. you know, you know uh, child care is expensive. And we just kind of got... Isn't it? Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we just kind of had to learn on the job and, you know, try to figure things out. And so I figured out pretty quickly. I was very much committed to keeping my family together, but I knew that our marriage was severely broken. And I just did not see the tides turning to actually uh, fix that marriage. And then we had a a natural disaster that was expected to come hit the Florida area. Um, And that's when my, it really just got real for me. Uh, In 2017, there was a hurricane that was really supposed to come through and like wipe my city off the map. Oh, wow. And my inner Katniss Everdeen kicked in if you ever got into Hunger Games. (laughs) (laughs) You know, went into full survival mode. And then I looked at our bank account and we did not have money to just buy canned goods and flashlights. We just did not have it. And so that's when it just got really, really real for me because I had to think about how to make how to make it happen uh, when there really wasn't anything to use. And for the first time, I came up with a solution that just was beyond what I'd ever grown up with, which was to pawn something. Like, hmm. and, That's yeah. interesting, yeah. And so I um, had a piece of jewelry that came to mind. It wasn't something that I wore. It was, you know, it was something that was gifted to me. And we decided to go ahead and pawn that. And after, when I took it to the pawn shop and I saw the reaction of the person who was supporting me at that time, and he looked at this piece of jewelry and I could see in his eyes how much it was worth. And I knew that what they were offering um, didn't even come near to what, you know, to what it was actually valued at. And so he, um, you know, gave me $400 or something, you know, in that family for it. You know, we had the agreement of what we had to do in order for us to get it back. We go get everything that we need. We survived the hurricane. And yeah. um, we weren't we weren't able to get the jury back. Uh. Yes. And so even though, again, it wasn't something, a piece of jewelry that I wore, knowing you know, you know, just based off of the reaction of this this individual, that it was something that was really valuable. It made me realize that that's something that I could have passed down to my daughter, mm-hmm. and that me living in this financial situation was impacting, you know, a future that I could give my kid. You know, this this moment made me feel like this is something I could have passed down to my child, but because I'm not financially responsible at this moment this was a missed opportunity. And so um, I felt a bit, you know, definitely guilty about that for some time, but forgave myself. Um, But I realized from that moment that I really had to get serious about managing my personal finances. 
um, we did actually get divorced. And from that time, I'm grateful that I started to read different material. I found different podcasts um, that gave me some real practical, you know, practical guidance on how to manage my finances better. I started using um, some software to help me with my budgeting. And so I got at least a better handle on managing what I had. From there, and, you know, with going through a divorce, moving from two parents, you know, a two-parent household to me, uh, being what I like to call a solo empowered mom. Yes, <laughs> yes, I love it. You're an independent mom all the way. I love that. Yes. Um, I am also really grateful that within that time, my faith was strengthened, strengthened as well. Mm. And I really developed a personal relationship with God from that period of over really a three-year period, uh, my income more than doubled um, from me being, you know, becoming, you know, what, what is most commonly called a single mom. There was just never a moment where we didn't have our needs met. And, you know, time after time, in situations where it really didn't even make sense to me. You know, <laughs> um, my employer created positions for me um, that never existed yes. before. And what, you know, God is my foundation that, again, my my income more than doubled um, over a three-year period. That. Yes, yes. I love that. I mean, first of all, thank you for sharing that whole story, that whole journey, right? Because I think it is, it's really easy for us to think about the end product, right? Without going back to what were all of the little steps, the little decisions, the little moments that actually got us to where we are right now. And I think, you know, it, it was really, really impactful when you talked about realizing, I think this happens so much to us as moms. Like I think for me, right, being a mom became this uh, turning point because you realize how much of what you're doing can have an impact on your child. And so to see you kind of step into that, but I think, you know, I totally agree with you. I, I talk a little bit about that in the other episode, but a hundred percent for me, it was like, as soon as I got serious, about my money, right? And you weren't even all the way there, but you just, you, as soon as you made that step, right? God, God will meet us where we are. And and then it's like, all of a sudden he's like, okay, I know you can take care of your money now. <laughs> now I can start showing you where it is and start blessing you with more and you can take care of more. Um, so I, that's a, that's a beautiful story to see that progression. And it's amazing to see how, how all of those pieces line up. I want to talk, though, I mean, you mentioned in the beginning a lot of the initial money mindsets that you learned from your family. What do you think were some of those bigger misconceptions, you know, if you want to use that word? Or what are some of the things that have, or parts of money and money management that have shifted the most for you? So I think what shifted the most so my mom used to manage a, a restaurant that was a chain that existed that no longer is, exists at this time. So uh, one of the women who worked for her, she, she went on, once the restaurant chain closed, she went on to work at 
a convenience store. And this woman never earned more than $12 an hour over her entire professional career. And she has paid off her house and she is 100% debt free. And so she had her joy and she had her peace. And so I think the biggest money mindset shift that I've had is I realized that it's not really all about how much you bring in, but how you're managing what you have coming in. A hundred percent. I mean, I, and I think it's so, I, I, and it's, and it's a balance, right? Like I, I do like to say you, you need to make a certain amount of money, right? But really you always just need to make more than what you spend. That's, that's really the ratio piece of it. But if you are very strategic about how you get your money to multiply and work for you, it's not a, you know, it, you can, and you can be on a cycle of constantly chasing money, but if you're not managing it well, it will go out the door as quickly as you make it. And I feel like for me, that was, that was one of my bigger ahas as well. Um, and so I think, I think that is really interesting. That's really huge. How is that, how has that shifted the way you're actually approaching and managing your money? So when I have had, when I've looked back, so I, I started budgeting and I was really focused at one point and I was doing pretty good in my debt payoff. Um, but then I just started to feel like I just didn't have any pleasure and everything just felt like work all the time. Mm-hmm. You know? mm-hmm. um, it, it just felt like constant sacrifice. So I'm starting to feel like I'm um, living paycheck to paycheck. Um, not because I don't have enough money coming in, but because I actually feel like I reached this place where um, I am definitely coping for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I, I feel like a big part of it is like the the intersection between like being a yep solo momming, yep, yep, um, feeling like you have to make up all the gaps. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so for me, trying to build in those moments of pleasure, trying to build in those moments of peace, trying to create more ease, costs money. (laughs) (laughs) I know, tell me about it. For me, what that looks like is um, going out to eat Mm -hmm. because... That means, you know, after a long day of work and I'm tired, I can just pick this up and then I just have a bit more relaxation. Yeah. Yeah. And peace out. Yep. At the end of a week where I just feel depleted, you know, having mm-hmm. given so much to the kids and to work, um, just taking them to get some ice cream, it just makes me feel better. Like, yeah. okay, you know what? Yes, we didn't get to play Uno anytime this week. <laughs> and I feel bad about that, but we can just have this little moment at the ice cream shop. So what I have been doing, when I am really on my budgeting game, it is very, is very focused with the intention of paying off all of my debt. I do want to just be 100% debt-free and experience what that feels mm-hmm. like as like, as an adult woman, in yep. this lifetime, I want to experience what it feels like to have 100% of my freedom. So 
<laughs> so, so that is still, that's um, still a goal of mine. Um, but what I find that I do when I am really focused and intentional in my budgeting is I will make everything so tight. Mm, you don't give that, any room. Yes. So then there is not very much room for pleasure. There is not very much room. And maybe even if there is room for me to pay for peace, because at one point I did have someone coming in to clean. Even It's just still, it feels good in that moment, but then there is still that desire for pleasure. It's still, mm-hmm. there is no fun in it. <laughs> very little fun. Yeah, um, yeah. Then what happens is that eventually I just still hit this state of burnout um, because I, I burn out at work sometimes. Mm-hmm. I burn out from all the doing because you, you work and then you come home and then there's more responsibility. Mm-hmm. Then I feel like I just need some ease. I just need some joy. And that's when I will spend. Um, mm-hmm. I will have more impulse purchases. Then I will start to just go, you know, take the kids out for dinner more. You do that a number of times a week. And so I feel like it's a um it, it's a, been a cycle of I'm really, really focused. And then I hit a wall of burnout. And then I just cover my eyes and swipe, swipe, swipe. And then I look yep. up and I'm like, what the heck did I do? Let me mm-hmm. just, you know, budget, you know, fix get everything lined up. And it's just a cycle for me. And mm-hmm. so my question I think then is, um, how do I you know, stay intentional about meeting my financial goal and then also build in joy, pleasure, and ease at the same oh, time. I love so that. It doesn't feel like I'm constantly sacrificing in every area of my life to include sacrificing the the joyful moments that I want my children to have in their childhood. I love that. That is a great question. Because I, I think that is the question a lot of people ask themselves, like you're at this place where you've done it, right? You do the budgeting, but you do it really tight. And then you get to this burnout cycle and you basically blow all of the like tightness of this budget. And so you end up in this vicious cycle where now you spent 2000 more dollars, or maybe if you were just spent 80 more dollars to get some women to clean the house, you wouldn't have felt the need to go and do some of these other things. Right. But I think the part that I think is often forgotten is nourishing you as mom and getting the ease and the joy. And I think what we often don't think about is that flywheel effect, right? It's because when you feel like you can breathe and you have a break and right, like you'll actually probably be more fun with your kids and you'll probably actually be able to do more fun things with them that are cheaper, right? But you're actually compensating for the fact that like, I do not have the energy right now to play a game with you. I do not feel like having fun. I feel like going to sleep or maybe watching some Netflix, right? And so the easy thing is, well, I know they love ice cream, So I can do that and it'll feel like I'm still doing something for them that's fun without it pulling more from me, right? And so I think figuring out how you actually align your money to help feed you 
which actually then becomes the flywheel to get to the, the thing you're actually probably trying to do with your kids or the reason why you're spending in that way. Um, well, that, that was, that was an aha moment. Because I feel like I, I've been connecting that feeling to motherhood. I am, I'm taking all of this away from my children's childhood experiences, but I do think a lot of those impulse purpose uh, purchases are because I'm compensating for not taking care of myself. Mm, I just mm-hmm. need to make it easier for me too, you know? So thank you. How can I also build in money to, you know, take care money of myself? For you. That is where you have to put the money in. That was the reason why I wanted to do this podcast and do it for moms and especially moms that I think bear a lot of the burden is because that piece was the unlock for me. I kept thinking it was about this, right? And it was actually about like, no, like when I actually let help come in and when I had the food taken care of and all those other things, I became more fun and joyful. And like, that's really what my daughter would usually want. She usually wants me to play with her. Um but it's hard when you're just like, I've got nothing left. Right. Mm, thank you. If you are a solo parent, most of what you're doing is trying to get a release. And if you actually build in the things that give you more of a sense of peace and freedom and joy, you'll actually find it'll be a lot easier to cut off cut out these things that you think are frivolous because you're probably doing them because you just need a break. You just need a release. And so my, my approach was at least I'm going to build those in. They are must-haves for me to be a happy person, for me to not hate my child, for me to not be screaming all the time. Right. And if that is what you need to be able to do, the more you berate yourself for, for feeding your own soul, which you know, you need the worse you're going to be at your finances. And I think you really hit on the underlying issue that I have had. Uh, because a, a lot of my financial, um, personal finance exposure, I, it has made me feel guilty for doing mm-hmm. the things that, um, that bring me pleasure um, and joy. Um, and it's just led to a lot of burnout. And, and so I definitely recognize now that um, I have to have a financial philosophy that actually works for me. Um, yeah. Yeah. Say that again. <laughs> That's good. Yeah. I need to have a financial philosophy that works for me. And I also have to give myself permission to believe in that financial philosophy. Yeah, I totally, I totally agree. Because I think especially as mothers, and even more so as solo, empowered, single, right, or independent moms, it is, it is really important not to attach the shame or guilt around things that you may need in some respects, just to survive, right? And and not to constantly feel like you're in this state of 
sacrificing and doing everything for everyone else, right? It's not, it's not sustainable. That's what I always say. I don't, I don't think that sort of, that's at least not my philosophy on, on managing money. I think budgeting gets a bad rap in some regards, but I do think it tends to get down to this, like, save every penny here, right? And I actually think of it much more in terms of priorities and trade-offs. You do have to make, you are going to have to make some trade-offs, right? But I think when you get, when you can get really clear, like, what are the things that are actually really important to me? Like, set that aside first, right? So I, I was very much like that. I was like, I need to not cook every single freaking day of the week. Like, I just, I can't do it. It makes me hate my life. I just, that's not my, that's not my mission. That's not my talent. I own it, right? Like, and I, and I just own it, right? That to me is a, but it's a priority because I don't want to buy McDonald's every day, right? So I will cook some of it, but I want to also have enough money that if I feel like we're going to go and get something nice to eat or, or whatever else it is, like eating Eating well and eating healthy is a, it's a priority for me, right? I probably have way more in a food budget than most people would say, but where I make the trade-off is I don't care about clothes. I don't care about clothes. I don't care about shoes. I don't care about name brands, right? I'm much more comfortable scrimping in that area to allow me to put more towards the things that are actually my priorities or the things that really, really matter to me. And yeah. I think getting like changing our mindset away from oh, that was such a reckless expense. This is such a bad expense. I'm so bad at this. I'm not being, you know, on top of it and getting it much more to a place of I've set aside my money for the things that are really important. The things that are my priorities, they are taken care of. This money is for me to manage and to play with. And so if you know, I want to be able to have at least ice cream or some treat every week a lot for that right the only thing i would say though because i completely understand the feeling of guilt the feeling is is balancing like why am i doing this right am i doing this because this is a priority to you know have fun with my daughter to make her look forward to the weekend right or am i doing it out of a sense of oh my gosh i was such a bad mom this week and so i'm trying to use this to cover an emotion, right? Or cover a void that I think they're having or I'm having, right? I do think being able to get to a place, which I think takes time to get honest about that, but being able to get to a place of like, why, why is this a priority, right? Is this a priority because I feel like it's something I should be doing for my kids? Or is it a priority because this is actually what I would love to do if I always had the money and it's how I've always envisioned being able to support my child. And if it's in that latter bucket, I think you make those like must-haves. So my must-haves, I knew, I looked at them almost like a fixed cost. It was like, no matter what, these things get paid and they were in a completely separate account from the nice-to-have bucket. Yeah, I also think too... Um... With my kids, when I look at really how much time I have with them left at home, how quickly mm. these years have already gone by, okay, and I think about my debt-free journey, okay, it's going to take me how many years right now at yep. this current rate? I think how much of critical time that is within their childhood and then the, ch the type of childhood 
and the childhood memories that I, that I want them to have. Mm-hmm. And so, mm-hmm. but I appreciate what you said because I feel like now if I just kind of sit down and think about what really is the priority also in my parenting, you know, mm-hmm. when I think about the memories that I want them to have. Yes. And I, yes. And I make them a priority, but just think strategically, how do I want to do this? Then I can put a dollar amount in my, in my budget for making sure that we have that time and, you know, the money for those memories. Yeah. So talk to me a little bit about where you are at a high level financially. So it's not like you're trying to pay off debt. Talk to me a little bit about what that looks like. So right now I have um, small, a small amount of credit card debt. I have um, about $700 in credit card debt. I have uh, less than $7,000 left on my auto loan. And then the rest is student loans. So in total, I have about $37,000 in debt. I am a person, I want to pay off 100% of my debt. I, um, and so uh, that's where I am as far as all of my, all of my debt. And um, so right now I am, my focus is to work on developing systems that work better for me. Building the financial permissions and resources <laughs> <laughs> for me to nourish myself and then also, you know, have those joyful, and I don't want to say joyful moments with my kids because like Uno and Ski last night and we had Mm -hmm. a lot of fun, you know, um, but, you know, just other experiences like exposure to the arts that I would like to have for Mm -hmm. them, Um, you know, trips. We really want to take a family trip. I've not yet taken them on an airplane. Um, So, you know, know, building in the financial resources for me to do that. Are you currently or actively saving towards those or are those things that you're like, hey, once I get debt free, then this is what I want us to go after. So before it was once I get debt free, then we can have those moments. Now I want to change that up a little bit and be more intentional about planning. You talked a little bit about I make my budget really tight. So talk to me about how you are approaching budgeting. Mm. Um, what I would do is really just focus on the, the must haves. And so it's always, um, you know, paying my bills. And then I also like to budget out for the next month too. And what I would basically do is focus on paying bills. And then at some point I'll have an accumulation of money that is just sitting there. And then I would make like a big a big payment towards the debt on a on a highly focused month <laughs> uh, there will end up being a surplus that I would then put towards paying off debt um on a um more reckless month as I would call it um, I, I would uh, focus on the bills um swipe 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 correct mm-hmm. focus on the bills Kind and of so cycle. it just becomes the sort of a exactly. cycle. Exactly. Exactly. So so when you think about um some of those other reckless items, right? What tends to fall into that reckless bu- bucket? Mm. More than anything is food. 
I have also, I've definitely been a person that I like clothes and I like shoes. The reckless for me would be more so food, but then also sometimes when it would come to like really self-care and do th doing things for myself, I would go out as well and just, you know, spend, um, spend a lot more money, I think, because I had kind of kept myself in such a condition of lack. Now, yes. I say this knowing that, um, you know, or considering myself to be extremely privileged um, because mm -hmm. I completely recognize that, you know, this is not everybody's situation. Um, I just, I, I consider myself to be extremely fortunate. Um, but again, I, I feel like um, I'm a part of that blessing comes with the responsibility to steward my resources well and so um i just want to make sure that i'm doing that yeah i mean i i totally agree with you right there are people at there are people at every every stage right and i think it's important for us to to recognize that while also validating it's okay for the stage where i am right the stage that i have gotten to to maybe what some of these other other things right and I think giving giving yourself permission to not always police yourself because when being financially um healthy feels like I have to punish myself or sacrifice for myself or it feels like it has to be a drudgery it becomes a negative association, right, with being fiscally responsible. And that's not really the, right, the goal is you actually want to have a healthy, good relationship and interaction with money. And so I totally feel where you're going, right? And one end, no, do you, you don't want to go and sort of spend whatever you're spending and be completely unintentional, right? I would sort of reframe it from reckless to maybe being less intentional about it. But at the same time, if you are being really intentional, right, and I get the sense that you have been or are trying to be really intentional, I wonder if there is room in your budget to build in some of these things that you know you actually need. Because, I mean, one of the things that you said that I thought was really helpful or really insightful was you talked about, you know, I go and I buy these things, but I feel like I want to treat myself, right? I feel like I should be, feel good. I haven't gone out in a while or even with your kids, right? And so what ends up happening is there are these splurges. It's almost like a diet, right? You go on these emotional binges of I've been so depleted. I've sacrificed myself so much. I'm, I'm too tired for this. So I'm going to go and spend three, 10 times probably what you might've spent if you had just built in a little bit of it along the way, right? And that's always gonna create this cycle of like, I really wanna do this, I feel like I need it. And so you just lash out as opposed to acknowledging there are times when I need to go out with my friends, right? There are times when I need to have some peace and quiet. There are times when I do not want to cook another meal, right? And when you can build that into your system, right? When you can build that into what you're spending, you won't hopefully feel like you have to 
you're not going to have that jerk reaction, right? Which is when like you get to zero and then your body's like, okay, well now I'm going to go and I'm going to fill it all the way back up, right? As opposed to just sort of like keeping it at an even tempo, right? Keeping it generally at an even pace. And that just made me think about, uh, I've definitely... I've definitely used the metaphor of like uh, of unhealthy dieting, like yo-yo dieting. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. it made me also think about like someone who's running and you can just, you sprint and then you just get tired. Yes. And then, then you just start walking. You know? Walking. <laughs> right? <laughs> <Okay. Relax. laughs> you would just walk the whole way. <laughs> you have, you're doing a lot more walking than running. But, you know, now I'm just trying to find like that that even pace that I can just keep yeah. find my stride. So yeah, exactly. Well, I want to talk a little bit about um, the, the areas that you talked about from the beginning around, these are the things that I would love to do. Just looking at your financial situation that I think will be the hardest. And I want to ask the question is if you were to lay those out, where does paying off debt fall in that list of priorities? So I think number one for me would be being able to be present. Um, When I say, when we're talking about me paying off money or paying off debt or even financial responsibility attached to me being be, being able to be present with my kids. I'm, mm-hmm. I pay for dinner. I go out to eat with my kids so that instead of spending all of that time cooking and right. cleaning, um, yeah. you know, I am able to just sit down and just be there with the mental bandwidth yeah. that I have left. Okay. Yeah. I mean, because I think that's real, right? Especially, I mean, I've had those moments too where I was like, I just, you know, I just don't have the energy, right? If I'm going to have to then cook and do this, I cannot listen to how your day went. I cannot have an enjoyable conversation. I can't laugh with you and come up with a story. And that is so important for this stage, especially right now for my daughter and for how I want her to live. And so the reason why I asked where does debt fall in that order is because one, right. I I do think generally speaking, right. If you have high credit card, high interest debt, you should pay that off. But it sounds like that's not, that's not the majority of where your debt lies. And I, you know, I would just encourage you to think about, am I allotting enough of these other things? Am I putting enough towards these other things that actually matter more to me? Or am I putting everything for his debt because that is, quote, what the responsibly, financially responsible thing is, quote unquote, to do. Um, and maybe it is. Like, there are some people who just, like, that is their number one. Like, they really just want to be free because they want to quit a job or whatever it else it might be. But I think getting really clear with is, because a, a, lots of times we, we're pursuing being debt free because it will actually give us freedom to be with our family and do all these other things, right? But if it takes you five years to get debt-free so that you can have the freedom to be present, but you've lost five years of being present, 
because you are working so hard to get debt free, I think you have to ask, like, is that the right trade-off, right? And it's not to say that you can't continue paying off debt, but it may just be that you can do it at a slightly slower rate. Or obviously, right, there's other ways that you can do it. You can increase your income a lot more, like you just said, your income's already doubled, right? There are other ways that you can figure out how to do that. Um, or, you know, I think the other piece is other places that maybe you can trade off, right? Now that again is a personal thing, but are there ways that you can decrease some of your other bills or some of your other expenses so that you can put it towards those priorities? Um, so I don't know if that's helpful, but I think that that was sort of one of the things that I, when you were talking through your story, that really made me think about it. I appreciate that so much uh, because I feel like I just got my clarity <laughs> right in this moment. Um, so for me, um, times always come first. I'm always mm -hmm. going to give. I am 100% confident that my blessings come from God. And so tithing and giving for me is a non-negotiable. That's always going to mm -hmm. come off the top. Um, so that would be my top priority. Um, well-being, my own well-being now, again, you know, this is a, yeah. a, a recent mindset shift um, is going to be number two, being present with my kids. Number three, um, yeah. creating those memories for my children. And it's the family vacations. But then also giving them opportunity as well to pursue things that are important to them. Um, that's number four. You know, when, yeah. I, when I am um, in this clear, this moment of clarity, this moment of me just being honest <laughs> and checking in with yeah. my soul, um, that is uh, number four for me. And then comes that freedom. And and this is all with the understanding that, of course, you know, all my bases have to be covered. I'm taking care of. Yes. Hundred yeah. percent. I'm definitely. I want to be clear, right? I don't want anybody to not pay their bill so that they can do those things, right? Like you do still have to have that foundation, and you do still have to. You know, we were talking a little before the podcast about, you know, there's a must-have bucket, and then there's nice-to-have buckets, right? But because of the way you had it organized right now, I feel like anything that could have been a nice-to-have, you were basically funneling all of that. It sounds like towards debt. And so I just wanted to peel the layers back to make sure that is that how, right? Because I think lots of times it sounds like that's it, right? Being debt-free, you've got to be debt-free. Like there's so many of those mantras. And by all means, I am not, not a proponent of debt, although I am a proponent of using leverage, but that's another episode. But I think that often um, we, we tend to get consumed with the idea of this thing is horrible. And the the piece that I think is also clear, is it's also not saying completely ignore your debt, right? So I'm not saying you don't pay your debt, but I think the other thing that is really important is when you get super crystal clear, like these are the things, no matter what, it also helps you think about new possibilities and ways to be creative to get to what you want, right? You know, like my my other sister, I think she did something really recently that was I thought was was a really good idea. Is she just hired like a task rabbit to come in and only fold laundry and do the dishes? Not a full maid, right? Not cleaning everything and the whole house, right? But for much less money, 
she just has someone who does the laundry and does the dishes. And she's like, everything else I can handle. But if those two things that cloud my brain, that add additional stress, if I can hire someone to come in and do that, and it costs like maybe 50 bucks, right? Like you can start to get creative with how you think about doing it. And it doesn't have to be, you know, that I'm having a maid come in every single day in a week because that would be my ideal. That might be your ideal. You may not have the finances to support it, right? But you can be really creative if you're like, but this is what I want and I know I can go after it and I can figure out how to make it work either in my budget currently or I may be willing to learn some things, to invest in some things, to make more money in other ways to ensure that this happens. Um, so I don't, hopefully that was helpful. I know we have been on this for a while. This has been super, super helpful for me. So I hope it has been helpful for you as well. Definitely. And I wanted to just switch. We only have a few more minutes, uh, but I want to just ask you, we try, I try to wrap up every interview episode with our independent mom, four fast questions. Um, so I'll ask you these four, just let me know kind of the first things that come to you. Um, from your experience, what's one tip the listeners can do right now to get started on their money journey? Get money smart. And there are so many different podcasts that you can listen to, uh, so many different books now. And I think um, there's someone out there for everyone. What has been the biggest influence in your journey to create a wealthy life? Oh, I hope it's okay for me to call names. <laughs> um, I would say my, my biggest influence would be a podcast. Um, okay. The Redefining Wealth podcast with Patricia yes. Washington. Yes. <laughs> um, because when I found her podcast, it helped me to look at wealth differently. Again, I was coming from a situation where I was really just trying to figure out how to survive with what I had. Um, and that, it took me on a journey. Um, you know, that I'm grateful for. But what do you most want other moms like you to know? I want them to know that God is good. Yes. Um, yeah. Um, I really want them um, to know that God is good and God is able. And I don't say that to be churchy, um, but just because it's what I know, you know, mm. um, and that whatever the situation looks like right now that God can use that that situation to bless them in ways that they couldn't even imagine yes yes and our last question what does being an independent mom mean to you I feel like that question just let me up <laughs> oh. um being an independent mom to me it really means being empowered it means finding every bit of creative energy that you have within and using that in ways that that press for you um not necessarily mm. just to to make money but it it means being able to stretch yourself in a way that you might not have ever considered before do more than you ever thought possible and be everything that you have within you to be um, and being an independent mom also means that even though you might feel like you're doing it on your own because you don't have a two-parent household, 
you still your your children can still have every single one of their needs met mm. it means that, I love that yeah um it means that your children don't have to lack that you can help foster the village that they need and and again every one of their needs met 100%, 100%. Ashley, thank you so much for taking the time for this conversation. I loved hearing your story and I hope um, just having the conversation was helpful to you at well. Where, um, what is next for you? What are you working on? So I am going to be radically obedient in this season of my life <laughs> yeah. um, and, and start a blog. Um, I really am focused on uh, being more intentional about the things that are important to me in my life. And so I will, um, you know, get that started as well as a, a social media page and just work to use the, the gifts and talents that I have, one of which is writing, um, to, to encourage other moms out there, encourage other people to just, um, to just try to just take the next step mm. and um and to live happily joyful intentional lives i love it thank you so much this has been amazing conversation i know um, all the listeners will enjoy it so thank you for your time i super appreciate it um, but with that that is the end of our episode um, and thank you so much for tuning in thank you thank you Thank you for joining me today and tuning in to an episode of the Independent Mom Podcast. If this episode resonated with you, please comment, rate, and review the podcast. Your feedback would mean the world to me. And until next time, please know that I appreciate you for lending me your time and your ears, and I will catch you in the next episode.